I know you. You are afraid to speak up. You are scared of what other people think of you. And you blame yourself for what happened to you. I know how it feels because I've been there. If you found me, I'm so grateful you are here. This podcast will give you hope. And I'm your host, Anna Ditchburn. I'm going to hold your hand and provide the guidance that I needed the most. It's time for you to find your why and turn your experience into your superpower. So lock your door, put your headphones in, and enjoy. Lady Clarissa Bird, benvenuto nel podcast del migliore recupero da trauma al mondo. Fantastico, che brava! (laughs) Ho visto che stai studiando lo spagnolo, you're studying Spanish now. This is just for you. That's exciting. Well, you did it in Italian perfectly, but I know you're studying Spanish and, and that's wonderful. That's awesome. Good on you. Fantastic. Thank you, Clarissa. Welcome to the world's best trauma recovery podcast. Thank you so much. I couldn't be happier to be here and for the work that you're doing for everybody that truly, truly needs a place to land, a safe place to land and to, to, to share their, their, their stories and their voices. It's great work you're doing. Thank you so much. Wait until we jump into your work. <laughs> okay. Clarissa, I would love to start off with a question. Why you would never say I'm enough about yourself? Well, because if you look at the definition of enough, it's uh, only as much as is required. And so just by definition, enough is really not enough, is it? Uh, I think that the more, the more proper thing we need to be saying, as we're very careful of the wording that we use when we describe ourselves or talk about ourselves, is I am so much more than enough. And that's what I like to, um, to say to myself and what I certainly was. I know I'm more than enough. Uh, and I know, you know, all of you are, are, are more than enough. Everybody's listening. You certainly are, Anna. I know you very well. And so the idea that we have to be even more careful about the wording that we're using, you know, I am enough just isn't enough anymore. It's I am so much more than enough. I love it. I'm so much more than enough. And it's all about self-esteem. Yes. That's what you wrote the whole book about self-esteem regime. Yep. The self-esteem regime. Clarissa, what inspired you to write this book? The idea behind the book uh, has been coming since my childhood, really. Um, And that was, you know, when I would see my mother, a beautiful woman, and she never wanted to have her picture taken because she just didn't come out good in pictures. And she was always worried about gaining weight because she had a little baby fat when she was a child. And so I thought, oh, my gosh, all these constructs, you know, and my grandmother, beautiful woman, she needed said she needed to lose weight. Well, she didn't need to lose any weight. She was beautiful just the way she was. She took two diet pills one day and she choked on them. She perforated her esophagus and spent six weeks in the hospital recuperating. So I thought, well, now that was silly. You know, my grandmother's so beautiful. And I think I must have been 10, 11. Well, that was kind of silly. You know, why would she do that? I had the great fortune to work with some of the most beautiful women in the world, the 1% of the supermodels that um, that, you know, that you see on the runways and on the covers of magazines. And even some of the supermodels I, I noticed were not happy with themselves, either body dysmorphia or toxic relationships or maybe drugs and drinking or 
you know, whatever it else, fill in the blanks, right? And and they were lovely, lovely girls. And I thought to myself, well, there's there's common denominator here. There's something going on. How can the supermodel have something in common with my mom at home, you know? And there we were with, you know, the the, the common denominator being the lack of happy self, healthy self-esteem. And, um, and, it, and, it, and it dawned on me that it was something we really didn't talk about that much. Uh, a lot of people think it's foo-foo and silliness and ugh, there's so much more. To, well, I invite you to, to think that self-esteem is everything you are. It's everything you say. It's how you dress. It's what you, the car in your driveway, although you cannot buy self-esteem. You know, you definitely are um, showing your success through self-esteem in different ways. So self-esteem is something that if your feet hit the ground in the morning and it is not intact and in its proper place, you're most likely going to be having difficulties with relationships and the relationships are with yourself for sure. And certainly with others. Self-esteem is everything. That's where everything starts. Uh, It's about uh, uh, self-image, self-confidence, self-confidence, self-awareness, everything, everything. Women gain weight because their self-esteem is low, because Mm -hmm. uh, their self-love is low. If your self-esteem and self-love would be higher, you would never, ever allow yourself to do this to yourself or to your body. Absolutely. So the idea of having higher self-esteem is knowing that, you know, you've gotten to a point in life where stuff's just not working. You're, you know, you're, it's not working. You're unhappy. You're not where you want to be in your job. You're not where you want to be in relationships. You're just generally not happy. And so it's on you to say, okay, the buck stops here. And what I like to say is the toxic stops here. It stops with me. Doesn't matter what my natal tribe taught me. I thank them for what they imparted, all the information I got from them, from the love, at the way they were able to love me. I thank them for that. <laughs> Excuse me. Certainly, they too are imperfect beings. So we cannot expect perfection from imperfect humans. It's just not what we should do. So when we step up to the, I'm going to put on my big girl britches plate and understand that they did the best they could, I too for the moment, I'm doing the best I can do. So what I do is, I, and what I did for my whole life, Anna, was go in and read self-help books and be in the, pers- in the personal growth section, which is where my book is. It's in the personal growth section. And the idea there is just being able to be one-on-one with yourself and learning uh, what the message is in each one of the different books that you might be picking up um, so that you can better yourself. My goal, Anna, is to be a better person tomorrow than I am today. No matter what that is, it could be the littlest, most minute thing. But I know that I'm working on being better tomorrow than I am today. It's very important to me. So I offer the same things in my book and to the reader. That you, there's, a, there's a toxic that stops with you. The cancer stops here. Whatever it was that they ta- taught and imparted was what they knew. Now you get the good fortune of learning a whole bunch of really great stuff from the books that you're about to read from the documents, uh, documentations, uh, sorry, document, document, documentaries that you might be watching movies that you might be watching courses that you might be taking and the like, because now it's on you with the clean slate to, to create the life that you really want to create. You know, we become uh, an average of uh, five people we spend uh, the most time with and uh, uh, like uh, five books we read. Okay. So 
this is this is really in, uh, a good timing for me as well. And Clarissa, you are talking about four pillars for living uh, an esteemed life. Would you share what are those four pillars? The four pillars are look good, feel good, be good, and greater good. Now, when you're looking good, Anna, you know, you've got a lilt in your step and you're feeling pretty darn good about things, you know. You know that when you're feeling good, you're taking care of yourself, um, that you have self-respect to want to look good. You've got that covered and you're feeling great. Feel good is diet, exercise, and nutrition. We've even talked about that in my home, the di- how important diet is and drinking a lot, enough water and ingesting the proper foods that are good for nutrition, exercise as well. All of these things are the things that keep us, you know, between head and body that keep us in a very positive and, and motivational place. The next thing is be good. So all of the things you're learning, the educative process, your finances, your relationships, and all of the other things that form who we are. So being good at what we do, being good in our relationships, being good as a person, being kind as a person. The greater good aspect is giving back, paying it forward, tithing, volunteering, and just generally doing the right thing. A lot of people don't have financial resources to be doing broad stroke movements. Most people don't have lots of time to be even volunteering, but you can do little things all the all day long that are kind things, that are good things, that make someone else feel really good. And, and, and consequentially, you'll feel good as well because you've made someone else feel good. What I mean by that are the silliest things. Hold the elevator door open for somebody, you know, so simple to do. And a lot of people won't take that extra, that extra step. Help a lady, a lady down the stairs with a baby carriage. It's a simple thing. It's the right thing to do. Getting on a public transportation and getting up, standing up and offering your seat to the elderly or to a pregnant woman. Again, sometimes it's a smile and nothing more. Or a lovely compliment. You know, I'll go into a a supermarket and sometimes I just love your top, (laughs) you know, and, you know, and somebody will go, oh, yeah, it's just a nice, kind thing to do. And what it does is elevate vibration. The kind thoughts, the good thoughts, the smile, the feeling, the feel goods elevate vibration. And therefore, when you are putting out that vibrational energy, as we all know, into the universe and into your existence, that's what you're calling back. You know, the vibration is a key word here. Everything starts from your vibration. If your vibration is low, it seems like everything is going wrong. But once you start lifting up your vibrations, everything is changes. And what I love about your book, Larissa, is it's actually uh, a self-help book with uh, uh, steps that you just need to follow. <laughs> and that's why I call it how your life will transform. Yes, that's why I called it a regime. Um, now, on your side of the world, the regime has not such a great connotation because of the war uh, or wars that 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 we saw uh, that was the, that existed in Europe. Mm-hmm. On our side of the pond, the regime is the is the proper definition, which is a, an organized way of doing things. And so I realized that the 12 chapters were organized in the proper order and in the proper steps as the first chapter is release. So now you have a clean slate, get rid of the old, what doesn't serve you, what you know you might have been taught that you need to unlearn, which is a really, you know, it's a it's a it's a gnarly process. 
you know, unlearning what you've learned. Mm, it's some of it is so deeply ingrained that just bringing that up and releasing it is it. Believe me, when I do the work is the, the book is work. I like to call it a playbook. It's really a workbook. <laughs> it's a manual. It's a mission and it's a movement. So happy, healthy self-esteem. Should, if we all lived in happy, healthy self-esteem, can you imagine how much better this world would be? So the regime being an organized way of doing things, the 12 chapters and the last chapter is reciprocity. There's a universal law about reciprocity, which is the, the, um, the uh, idea or the law of give and take. And I remember Anna, one of the, the, the uh, eye-opening moments that I had was when I sort of sat around and I wasn't proud of myself. And I'm like, you know, what was this doing for everybody else? You know, very few people ever do something for me. And somebody said to me once, you know, Clarissa, it's really hard to do for you. You have everything, you are everything, you do everything. Their perception, correct? Mm-hmm. And I, and my perception is not that, right? So it was very inter- interesting to see and to learn that I had to allow myself to be given to, not only because it would make me feel good, but it would certainly make the other person that gave me something that wanted to give me something feel really good too. So even something as, let's call it simple, which it's not, but the law of reciprocity with, with, where, where I close out the book is something that we need to learn. Give, let it go. Don't give and then wait. For some, you know, it doesn't work that way. Give, let the universe do its thing. And then the law of reciprocity will take care of the rest. You do look like you have it all together and you have everything <laughs> in this life. Anna, you've lived with me for a couple of weeks. I think I'd like to think I had it all together, but you certainly were here when my life had just fallen apart. You know, my life had just fallen apart. I had just had COVID in a very bad way. I was losing hair in clumps. I mean, clumps of hair. I was coming out of a toxic relationship and still very much, you know, you can still be in love with someone that was toxic. Mm-hmm. But you know oh, yeah, it's addictive. that you know you know that the right thing to do was to end it. Um, it's been six months now, and I'm not going to lie when I say it still hurts, and I still think about it all the time. It feels, oh, Clarissa, he was so bad for you. Okay, yeah, I get that, and that's why I ended it. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that the pain is gone. So knowing that self esteem and working on your self esteem when you read a book like mine. It will take you into a place where it will be uncomfortable. And I don't mean for a minute. I don't mean for an hour. It's going to get uncomfortable. It's going to some things that you will need to work on are going to be painful. Um, Some things that you work on, you knew you've been having to work on for a while and you just chose not to. And other things that you're going to work on are going to be, wow, they're going to be like, I never even knew that was an issue, you know. So there's, there's this learning process that I, and I offer that people read the book now, take everything that resonates, everything that isn't true for you, and read it again in six months, eight months, because you're going to miss things that would not resonate for you in that moment. Uh, things that you're going to be ready for in eight months time that you weren't ready to hear now. Um, and so this is the kind of what I, when I call it a manual, a mission, Uh, and a movement is that you're constantly going to be in movement with your movement in self-growth, in self-worth, in wanting to be a better person more than you are today. Some people say, um, oh, well, you know, it's just so hard and there's so much. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, that 
life shouldn't be hard. And when you're living in happy, healthy self-esteem, things will become uh, easier because you'll be able to identify what does work and what doesn't work for you. Don't be afraid of failure. You know, there's a lovely acronym that I love to use. It's FAIL. People are like, oh, what if I fail? I'm so afraid. What if I don't, you know, it doesn't work. What if I fail? Well, fail is nothing more than your first attempt in learning. Mm-hmm. And so every time you fail, you're that much closer to success. So I guarantee you that the first car that came off the assembly line wasn't the perfect car. The first light bulb that, you know, Einstein, uh, you know, uh, create wasn't the, per- you know, there's, there's constant evolution and you should also be in constant and living in constant evolution. Clarissa, you mentioned that uh, I've, I've stayed at your place for two weeks. I just want to give a bit of background to my listeners. Clarissa is the most kind and welcoming person <laughs> I've ever met. <laughs> we, well, we, rules. Met, we have rules around here, but outside of that, like, thank you. Like literally, we, we met on the first day um we attended at the event in phoenix arizona and there was a connection between you and my husband laban straight away and then we went to visit you uh, in cape creek um and then you invited us to stay with you for a couple of weeks and it was like a dreams coming true because um one of the most famous American and Italian supermodels and actress and the uh, one of the main characters from my favorite childhood movie, <laughs> The Never Ending Story <laughs> 2, was suddenly inviting us to stay with her. Wow. Uh, and you know what? It wouldn't be, it wouldn't happen if uh, me and my husband wouldn't put ourselves out of our comfort comfort zone and stretch out and come to this event, just make it possible, you know, and meet new people. And talking about perceptions, I know your story. You, you went, uh, you've come a long way. Um, what I was reading from your book <laughs> and now you, you are so successful and congratulations on all your success. You. You've been igniting just, uh, just recently. So now you became a dental, uh, dental Clarissa Bird. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's a lovely, it's a great honor. And what I've read from your book is uh, in your childhood, you uh, perceived yourself as an ugly ducklings, mm-hmm. duckling. I have pictures to prove it. <laughs> I didn't perceive myself. I have pictures to prove it. There were some very awkward moments growing up. Yes. <laughs> and I think many, many young girls will relate to you. How, what's happened? How you went from your uh, perception of being an ugly ducking, duckling to a beautiful swan. What's, what did you do? What's happened? Well, I mean, you know, we grow as we grow. I think things, you know, change a little bit. Certainly when I was 10 and 11, I never thought that I was going to take the path of a model. But um, I, I and I even when I was older and I mean, even when I was 20, I never thought that I could do it until somebody you know, took me into uh, do uh, some test photography. I was in New York City and I was, you know, thin and, you know, tall. And so they took me in and we did the makeup and the hair and they got me in front of the camera 
and, and the photographer saw something and really sort of, you know, sort of the makeup artist. And they said, girl, this is something you need to be doing. So I started, you know, looking at the, uh, I mean, the modeling agencies in New York, New York City and I always picked up. But certainly, you know, I, I never really thought that that my greatest dream would, could ever come true. And every dream that I've ever had, Anna, has come true. And that's, it may not, it didn't happen in my timing. It happened in divine timing. Uh, and it happened because after that, I thought that I could. So I wanted to be an actress and I acted. Then I wanted to be a producer and I produced and I wanted to work on television and I did. And I wanted to sing and um, and I have an album, you know, from back in the day. And my, you know, my uh, songs were on the radio. I Everything I ever wanted to do, I did. Now, what I want to do is to see the entire world, especially women and children living in, and men, please. I We love men, but my heart beats where women's where for the position and condition of women globally. And, you know, certainly we live in countries where we uh, are, uh, we're very, very, for men under many uh, auspices, many aspects, we're very, very lucky. And that is, you know, we don't, um, we don't have uh, acid thrown in our faces. We don't have oppressive uh, uh, men in our lives that are trying to hold, you know, all of the different country things we hear about in different countries are the things that break my heart, along with the way women are uh, um, violated everywhere. Let me just say everywhere, but in different ways. Uh, that is something that really, um, you know, it, it, it upsets me. I, I, it's something that, you know, uh, I'm very completely against violence in any form, uh, against anyone. Uh, but I have a collaboration uh, with the domesticshelters.org here in the United States. They actually are headquartered here in Phoenix. And um, uh, there was a very long time, especially during COVID, when we were putting up uh, public service announcements uh, live because most of the women that were being abused were at home with the abusers because they couldn't go to work anymore. So, yeah, I, I very, very passionate about uh, the right. It is your birthright to live in peace. It is your birthright to live happily. It's your birthright to be respected. It's your birthright to live in a, in a calm and peaceful environment. Um, it is your birthright to you know, just live a happy existence. And not many people, you know, so many people don't get to do that. And that's why I do what I do. And it's what you do, what you do. How better your life feels when you, when you align with your values and the birthrights. And so people say, you know, what's the best way, how to get started with happy, healthy self-esteem. And that is to, you know, make a list of your values. Uh, it's a blueprint for your life. And this is where you will not waver from all the, the values that are important to you are the ones that you need to be living by, uh, no matter where you are and what happens. When I say that, I mean that life uh, has many triggers as we go and life will ebb and flow. You know, we have the ups and the downs. But when you're standing strong in your stead, when you've got the tools in the shed, that you need those resources, much like my book and many others that are out there, um, you uh, will weather the storm. So here comes the tornado, here comes the hurricane, here comes a, you know a, the, the monsoons, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but you may lose a leaf or two. You might even lose a branch, but you're not going to be uprooted and, and transported away with the storm. And that's where you have to have really done the work and be really strong, again, in your stead to make sure that your roots are firmly and deeply planted so that nobody can come along anymore 
and 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 treat you poorly. You're nobody's doormat. That's not why you give wool. Boundaries are extremely important to create. People say, well, I'm so afraid because, well, fear, first of all, is not going to help you. So let's get past the fear. Secondly, boundaries you can create in a very happy way. You can create them with ease and joy and glory as you teach others how you would like and would not like to be spoken to or treated or addressed or anything else. A boundary is a very healthy thing to create. It doesn't have to be created in anger and scream it. No, that's not a boundary. That's, that's just an externation of anger. <laughs> you yeah. know, create your boundaries happily and easily. Another thing that I, that I like to say, Anna, is that I like to live high. And when I say that, I mean, I like to live in honesty, radical honesty, honesty with myself and honesty with others. I very rarely will I veer from being 100% radically honest. The next one is integrity. Integrity to me is pretty much, it's, it's, it's a very strong and very impactful and powerful word. And living in integrity will put you in a whole different light. Uh, living, the next one is G, gratitude. Gratitude everywhere. People say, ah, I've had such a shitty day. Did you really? Did you have a shitty day? <laughs> Did you move over your head and people that loved you and food in the pantry? And are you healthy? There's always something to be grateful for. And the last uh, H in high is living with, in honor. Living with honor. I love when people say to me, Clarissa, you're such a woman of honor. And I'll tell you a little story really quickly. I was on uh, the show Survivor. Mm-hmm. And of course, you don't get to eat. And you won as well. <laughs> well, yes, I did win. But one of the things that you get to, uh, that you, you don't get is a lot of food. You, they really, you are starving. So there were a couple of younger girls that were very beautiful girls and running around in bikinis. And, you know, so they were playing the guys that were the production team just a little bit different. So as we came, as we came to one of the games we had to do, we had to get into a helicopter. And the hell, they had, they had convinced the helicopter guy to go into the, into the little store at the heliport and buy some food to bring on the helicopter because they, you know, they could eat and nobody would see them. The production team wouldn't see them. So I was sitting in the front and the two girls were sitting in the back and they, and they tapped me on the shoulder because it's very noisy and they were offering me food to eat. Now, remember we're starving. We're losing weight. We're really hungry. And I looked at them. I, no, thank you. Wow. Now it did two things. It, 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 it really made me feel good and very proud about the integrity and the honor that I brought to the game because there were rules and I followed the rules. And it also emarginated, it, it distanced them from me and our friendship because mm-hmm. now they were afraid that I would turn them in or they were afraid now really about what I would think of them. If you think about it now, it doesn't bother me. You can do whatever you want, but when I say living in honor, you must be doing the right thing always, even when no one else is in the room, when you're the only person in the room, you always must do the right thing because that is the true you. You can't hide from yourself. Yeah, <laughs> literally. You can't hide from yourself. You know, there's another really great saying that I love and it's don't betray your conscience. Your conscience knows, your conscience tells you, you know, right from wrong. Don't betray your conscience. It's there for a reason. It's got your back. It's got your back. Exactly. Clarissa, you know, some people might think 
it's easier for you to talk about the gratitude and the self-esteem and self-love. Like you had a perfect life. Not many people would understand that you, you had to go through some challenges to achieve all this success. What are those some 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 of the challenges you had to go through? Right. Well, definitely the childhood challenges. The natal home was very difficult. There was a violence, um, alcoholism, um, a very difficult place to grow up in. By the time I was 16 or 17, I always had a knot in my stomach and they they wanted to put me on stomach relaxants. They told me the doctor was I didn't take it because it's a drug. I'm not gonna start taking you know things to relax my stomach. The issue was what was happening at home. And so that was a very difficult. I, um, I know that I left that environment with PTSD. I know it, as did my brother, <coughs> who passed away two months, uh, two years ago. Um, Sorry to hear that. Thanks, yes, from cancer. So it, it, there was a very, very difficult home environment. Uh, when I started to live on my own, certainly there was, I didn't have the tools, any tools in the shed. I didn't have social tools. I didn't have really much education. I mean, I had gone to high school and done well, but that was really it. So I had to learn what I call on the streets of the world, what exactly life was all about um, and what it held in store for me. Um, You know, you learn a lot and you take all the blows, you know, you take them on the cheek, right? And they just keep coming uh, until you go, wait a minute, that kind of gets, now I've had enough of that. Let me, let's rethink this. Um, Let me, what can I do to, to really change my life? And, and that's what I did when I first got to Paris and I was modeling and I'm talking about 1981, maybe 1982, I was a model. I had no money. I had no help. And I had enough money to get myself to Paris in economy and home from economy. And I ate the entire, almost the entire time I was there. I ate fruit from the vendors and mostly bananas. So I had bananas for breakfast, bananas for dinner and bananas for lunch. <laughs> you know, because that's what I could afford. When I got to Italy, um, I had just a few, I had about $500 in my pocket and I couldn't open up. And that was my life savings. So I had the ticket to go home and $500 of my life savings at the time. So I was living in a model apartment and I didn't want to leave my little pouch with the money, my $500 with. So I took it with me. And we went to a discotheque and we sat down at a table of people that all were at the same agency. Like we knew each other sort of. And I went out onto the dance floor, which is where I lived in the eighties on the dance floor and um, and the seventies too. Um, But um, when I came back, the people that I had entrusted my little wallet to were gone. They left. Are you serious? With my money. So now I'm halfway across the world. I'm in Italy. I'm now I'm almost like 23 or something, 22, maybe 23. And I uh, am still in this model apartment. I have no money at all. I'm just starting. I mean, I'm just getting to Italy. I don't speak the language. Uh, Just getting there. I went and I told the agency about, I called my mother first, uh, collect. And I said, mom, you know, this is what's happened. And she said, well, honey, you can always come home. Mm -hmm. And that was another life-changing moment. That's when the big girl britches go on and you, you know, you decide, I, I'm not going, I cannot move back. I cannot move forward backward. I, I must move forward and I will find a way. 
And so that's how my, my the whole modeling thing started. It was very, very uh, difficult. So life was not always easy. Uh, the modeling didn't happen overnight. It took a good year, about a year, you know, to uh, struggling. Again, Anna, we didn't have com- computers and internet or cell phones back in the day. You walked around Milano with a you know paper map. And you kept turning it, looking at the street signs and hoping you were going to get to your destination. And, and Milano is a big city. And then you had to learn the, you know, the public transport system. And anyway, it was nothing more than, um, you know, life changing. And I certainly I learned a lot and it was it was wonderful. It was, it was great. But, yeah, as you said, it certainly wasn't always easy. No, I had no help at all. There was no help from home. There was no support from home. Uh, there was no money, certainly. But you turn it into your superpower. Clarissa, I am wondering, what is your most favorite myth about supermodels? That they're stupid. So you debunk the myth, right? Take a look at all of the, the women that have done amazing things that were supermodels. I mean, from, you know, Cindy Crawford to, uh, I can't even remember all the names now. You probably remember them better than I do. Uh, but the supermodels that, um, that had done really, really amazing things, Elle McPherson, has done, you know, I mean, these are all the super uh, models and super entrepreneurs as well. Christy Turlington, same thing. Um, you know, they all are doing lots of girls that I could name uh, that worked with me also, um, you know, doing it, turned into artists, photographers, you know, entrepreneurs doing amazing things. Um, one's a sommelier, lives in a castle in, you know, Italy. I mean, there's lots of uh, really great stories that, you know, the beautiful woman or the supermodel uh, was, was stupid. And, and they certainly weren't. Uh, a lot of us back in the day, we were young and we were, we were working our way through this thing called life. But um, certainly they're very, very, very intelligent ladies. I'm happy you, you shared this. <laughs> because as well, reading your book, I didn't realize so, uh, that supermodels can be a very um, self-conscious uh, as well like you when you're looking at, at you and or, or at all those beautiful gorgeous women <laughs> you yeah. think they yeah, have it have. all yeah yeah well yeah well that's the deception mm-hmm. again yeah yes and certainly under they have they have you know every again they have their own paths uh, to look at them, it's, it's the perception that they are beautiful women, but you never know until you've walked a mile in someone else's shoes, what, what, you know, where they're coming from and where they're going to, what they might be struggling with, uh, which is why I love to create um, uh, support systems uh, and why I talk about the importance of support systems in the book. Um, you know, we don't get to choose our natal tribe and not everyone comes from happy, healthy home lives. Uh, and certainly you cannot turn back for support. You need to learn how to love them where they're at, thank them for what they were able to give you, and then create the life that you want for yourself. So supermodels are no exception. <laughs> Clarissa, what would be your best advice for someone who is looking to start the self-esteem path, who, who, who wants to start loving uh, herself, himself. What would be your best advice? Well, I think that if you know, if, if somebody's looking for happier, healthier self-esteem, first of all, that's a phenomenal. Congratulations and welcome on board. Self-esteem is nothing that is never something that you take a test 
uh, four and get a hundred. You're never going to get a hundred on your self-esteem test and pass and never have to think about it again. It's an ongoing, um, it's an ongoing thing that you will be dealing with your entire life. I still, to this day, have my daily demons and my daily demons used to consume me uh, for all of the things that, uh, you know, I wasn't good enough uh, for so many different things and all the berating that I wanted to do with myself. And here they came again until one day I went, are you back? (laughs) Like, Really? Okay, enough, right? Mm-hmm. Enough already. So I don't listen to them anymore. I do uh, uh, treat myself differently. Um, I allow myself to have my moments. Um, if I if I do uh, feel frustrated, nope, that's great. You have your minute, your, your two minutes, your five minutes, get it over with and move on because you know it's not serving you. You will learn as you move forward in self-esteem what really is important and what's not, what really works for you and what's not, what is your truth, and what was something else that was, you know, shoved down your throat that is not your truth. And I mean that when I say the natal tribe, it could be your faith. There might be some things in religion that you were taught that don't necessarily resonate. Take what works for you and leave the rest. The same thing you can say with your universities, colleges, the friends that you made there, the educa- education that you got there. Some of those things may resonate. Others may not take what works for you. As long as you are moving in a, in a forward motion and in a positive way, use what works for you. Be, you know, do be the best you, you know, they say, do you boo? Well, do you boo? The uniqueness mm-hmm. is the best yeah. thing. You know, still- live, yeah, live, live high, live, like I said before, you know, live in honesty, integrity, gratitude, and honor. If you can, you can master those It'll take a minute, take a while, but, you know, do that, you know, be careful about how you speak to yourself, learn how to accept yourself, live, how to learn, how to live purposefully, you know, with purpose, learn self-responsibility. Oh, that's a big one. And it's one of the chapters in the book, responsibility. Where have you taken responsibility in your life or yourself? And where have you not taken responsibility that you should take responsibility for? You know, what was, what was the reason for the fight? the argument, the breakup, or whatever. where were you, where was the part of, you know, your responsibility and all of that? Um, yeah. Live consciously, take moments for self-care, be good to yourself. Um, be kind with your words when you, when you're you know, talking to yourself, be a shining light, be the chef. And when you start to do the work, when you do the work in the book and you finish it again, this is, this is a blueprint in and of itself. But when you do the work in the book, you'll start to see the light at the end of the tunnel getting bigger. And it gets bolder. And it gets brighter. And then it's so beautiful, the light that you will, you know, that you'll be walking toward and into. And I know it sounds woo-woo, but it's the truth. The people you'll attract, the relationships you'll be in, uh, the work uh, that, you know, I, I get up with. I love getting up and going to work because I love what I'm doing. I love media. And I love the position and condition of women. I love wanting to help other people understand how phenomenal they are when they don't think they are. It's a it's a ba- it's a fun, uh, foundation for everything, and then everything everything else will be coming into your life. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Clarissa, where people can find your book? They find the book. Well, first of all, it's so cool when I walk into Barnes and Noble and. I walk into Barnes and Noble and it's right there on the shelf. <laughs> the really cool part about so the answer to the question it's it's Barnes and Noble stores, Barnes and Noble uh, uh, online, or certainly Amazon online, 
where you can get the hard copy, you can get Kindle, so the digital version, or you can get the audio version. But when I walk into the store and, and I see my book, you know, my last name is Bert. So I am right next to Brene Brown, who's been on Oprah. She's another, you know, mega superstar. Then we it's right next to Deepak Chopra. <laughs> and, and, and then Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I, I, I pitch myself because it's just so darn cool to be in the presence of such greatness when it comes to wanting to live your greater good. It's all right there for you. The books are there. I said books, documentaries, courses, classes, support systems, masterminds, friends, people. It's all there. It's going to take the work that you need to apply, but you, you can do it. You will do it. And, and it's going to be an extraordinary life if, if, if that's what you truly want. Amazing. Clarissa, before we go, do you have any concluding thoughts? Yeah, I do. Um, the other one that I really love to, to leave everybody with is loyalty is when you have somebody's back behind their back. Loyalty is when you have my back behind my back. So when we go back to talking about living in integrity, living in honesty, living in honor, when you're at the water cooler or you're with a group of friends and they're saying, you know, that's Susie Q. She's gained some weight. She doesn't look so good. Or she's just such a biatch. <laughs> you know, you can say, hey, guys, I know so Susie Q. And that's not my, that's not my experience of her. She, maybe she was just having a bad moment or a bad day, or maybe she needed a hug. Maybe she needed some love or some understanding. But I know what she didn't need is for you to be standing here talking rotten about her. Now, I may not say all of that. I'm thinking a lot of that. But are you the person that's going to go, yeah, you're right. You know, she really isn't. Or are you going to say, listen, rethink her a minute. Go back and see if maybe she could use, you know, some help. Maybe she needs a helping hand. Maybe she needs somebody to talk to. Maybe she needs a kind word. If we can continue to stop ourselves, check in. Because our first, you know, as humans, our first, our first thought is to, yeah, you're right. Judge, is judge, that, judge. Is that, is mm-hmm. that, yeah, it's that tribal, uh, it's, it's like the coyotes here in Arizona. You've heard them, right? Mm-hmm. When, they, when, they catch the, when they catch the kill, you've heard them. And when they, get, they start going off, Mm -hmm. It's that that tribal frenzy. Mm -hmm. Step out of that. That's not, I know that's not in your value system. It's not part of your moral code. It's not who you really want to be. So don't be that to be the cool kid. Nobody, I don't care about cool. Cool never got me anywhere. And create your own tribe. Kindness. Yeah. Make your own tribe of kind people and people that will, will pull you up and will help you along the way. Wow. Clarissa, it's been such a pleasure. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Lady Clarissa Burt. Thank you for being here today. I know it's not easy. If you are ready to take this journey all the way, I can help. To find more about my unique method of turning your past trauma into your superpower or how to connect with me best, go to annaditchburn.com. This journey isn't possible to do on your own. So make sure you like, subscribe, and review the podcast so we can help more people like you. And if you have someone in your life who is struggling to overcome their trauma, 
this is something you can give them that truly can change the course of their life forever. We'll see you next time for another episode of the world's best trauma recovery podcast. And just remember, you are able to help yourself and you can do it right now.